seat in the back. Amen. Come on, Brother Ken. Amen. This morning we'll sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Three verses of that today. Oh, how I love Jesus. You love him this morning? Say amen.
already said, amen. Boy, it's great to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here, for coming out to God's house. Those who join us online via live stream, we sure appreciate you being here as well. I've got several prayer requests that I want to bring to your attention this morning, and we'll open up in prayer together. Please pray for Brother Donnie Watkins. He goes tomorrow to begin his treatments. Uh, Lift him up in prayer, if you would. Continue to pray for Brother Eddie Gunner. Uh, He's not yet been able to start his treatments, and so we're a couple of weeks behind, so please lift up Brother Eddie in prayer. Pray for, I've been mentioning to you about Brother Tyler Rigney. Uh, His mother passed away, so remember that family, if you would. Also, Brother Stoltz, a young man that we uh, led to the Lord here at the church just a couple of months ago. He'd mentioned his mother. Uh, His mother went home to be with the Lord this weekend. Funeral will be Wednesday at Bassett. Please pray for Sister Janie Mays' family. She's dealing with some significant health issues. Hilton family, passing of their son. And then uh, we mentioned to you Justin Height, who'd been dealing with all kinds of health issues. He is improving, and so we praise the Lord for that. Would you join me in praying for the services today? My, 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 how we need the touch of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are grateful today to be in your house. We say thank you for the chance that we have to assemble ourselves together on a Sunday morning and come out and celebrate the fact that we serve a risen Savior. Lord, it's not just an Easter message, it's an every Sunday morning message. He's alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. How do I know? Because I've already talked to him this morning. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our services today. We need the touch of God. We need the presence of God. And Lord, I know that there are several in our congregation who are suffering with physical illnesses, family members. Lord, I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven and Lord, that you would just speak peace to them. Lord, I pray for the choir this morning the special music. May it all uplift the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we'll celebrate you. We'll thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. You know you're in 21 or 2021 when you reach into your suit pocket to grab a handkerchief and you pull out a face mask. Amen. Come on, Brother Scott. Let's sing. I love this song. I'm glad when I reflect over the memories of my past, I can be reminded that God's always been true. Never one time let me down, never failed me. You listen as Brother Scott sings, the past is a promise. time. 
That's so good. Wonderful.
so much uh, choir wonderful job and my goodness it's so good to see the house of the lord packed to the gills this morning i appreciate all of you being out today uh god bless you for your presence and again those who are joining us on live stream we sure appreciate you being here as well i've got several announcements to bring to your attention number one of course uh uh continued meeting on monday nights for our faith-based weight loss program uh you keep that in mind uh, again that's at 6 30 every monday night man are we looking forward to next Sunday. I got lots of great things to share with you. Of course, next Sunday during the morning services, uh, one of our dear, dear friends, the Billy Sampson family, will be here with us. Uh, they were here about eight, nine, ten years ago, and uh, they travel the world, really, helping churches, and so we are delighted to host them, one of our missionary families. They'll be singing. Brother Sampson will be preaching, and then uh, in, on Sunday afternoon, next Sunday afternoon, uh, we will be hosting our community fall festival from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, and then the trunk or treat will be from 6 to 7. Lots of things are needed. We're looking for cakes and cupcakes, two liter drinks. Please help us out with that. Important announcement. Everyone listen up to this, please. Anyone who has signed up to help us next Sunday, or if you're willing to help, even if you haven't signed up, uh, if you would please meet right up here at the front on the Oregon side, right after church, we would sure appreciate it. Again, if you signed up, if you didn't sign up and you're willing to help, if you'd meet us right up here after church, we're going to give you a couple of things to, to work on for the week to give us a great, great time. We're hoping to go all out, looking forward to a great day for our community and also providing a safe place for our community kids 
kids to do some trick-or-treating, so help us out with that. The following Sunday, Sunday, November the 7th, we'll be hosting an outdoor wedding shower for James and Anna. That'll be at 4 o'clock. Information is provided there. And then the Sunday after that, this is not in your bulletin. I actually had it there. Then it went to the next page, so I cut it off because, you know, I have a doctorate degree and I know how to do that kind of stuff. Uh, on November the 14th, which is two Sundays, uh, uh, three Sundays rather, uh, we will be hosting our Senior Saints trip, uh, the Hillbilly Hideaway. Uh, that'll be right after church. You can sign up over here in our postal area. Lots to be thinking about and all kinds of good things happening. I'm glad we're in a church that's got some stuff going on. It's been a challenging 18, 19 months, but uh, you continue to pray that God will keep us safe as we engage our various activities here at the church. Fellas, make your way down if you would, please. You all come get ready to sing for us. Uh, and while they're coming, I want to give you two or three more prayer requests. I was given a lot this morning, and so I want to kind of space these out. Please pray for Sister Elaine Cobbler. She's facing some significant health issues, and Brother Ken was just sharing with me uh, that uh, his dad's been diagnosed with COVID, so please pray for Brother Ken's father, Ken Horsley Sr. And now remember, I know we mentioned this last Sunday. Uh, we had the insert for you about the up upcoming event at the Speedway, the boxes of foods that are being given out. Don't forget that if you would. If brother, br brother, Tim, brother Tim's right there in the middle, so if you've got questions about that, you can uh, see him, and I am honored that we're able to have a small part in that. Let's pray. Father, bless the offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver, and Lord, thank you so much for the chance we have to be in your house today. We love you, Lord. Bless the special in Christ's name. Amen. about Calvary Then I knelt down in prayer The Lord met me there Now Jesus is living in me He's in my feet when I'm walking in my tongue when I'm talking in my eyes And now I can see He's in the songs that I'm singing In my heart His joy is ringing Jesus is living Top of the mountain and over life's troubled, troubled sea. Now I sing for his glory songs that tell the great story. 
Because Jesus is living in me He's in my feet when I'm walking in my tongue When I'm talking in my eyes And now I can see He's in the songs that I'm singing joy is ringing, Jesus is living in me. He's in my feet when I'm walking in my tongue, when I'm talking in my eyes, and now I can see. songs that I'm singing in my heart his joy is ringing Jesus is living in me yes my Jesus is living in me I told you how much my mama used to love, love, love to hear Brother Orr sing. And as soon as that little twang guitar, that steel guitar started, I thought my mama's probably speaking in tongues in heaven right now. Let's all stand together. Come on, Brother Ken. That's awesome, y'all. Amen. Let's all stand together. We'll sing Amazing Grace this morning. We'll do all the verses. Amazing Grace.
to be praised. Turn around and welcome somebody out. Wave to them this morning. All those kids heading to Children's Church, come on, make your way down fifth grade and below. Come make your way down. All those heading to Children's Church, fifth grade and below. Make good night kids coming from every direction. I love it. Y'all give James a hard time this morning. Be just as honorary as you possibly can. Faster, run, buddy, run, run, run. Amen. Thank you as always bringing your kids to church and not just sending them to church. I say all, my, all the time, I'm so glad my mom and dad didn't just send me to church, they brought me to church. Big difference. Come on, Brother Evan, sing for us, buddy. a mountain that I've never faced before that's why I'm calling on you Lord I know it's been a while but Lord please hear my prayers I need you like I never have Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold of me so much stronger than whatever troubles me sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and I thought I could control Whatever life would throw my way But this I will admit Has brought me to my knees I need you Lord And I'm not ashamed to say Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold 
to trust you and believe. Sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and believe. Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a chapter number one this morning, if you would please, in your Bibles. Mark chapter number one. How many of you realize, you don't have to raise your hand, I hope you'll say amen though, how many of you realize that sometimes the Lord's going to let us go through the storm or face that mountain just to get our attention a little bit. Wednesday nights we've started a new series of messages that we're looking at called Living Wisely in a World That Isn't. And this past Wednesday night, we talked about wise in storms, and that's one of the points that we mentioned is that there are indeed times when the Lord's going to take us through some challenges because it is what is best for us to bring us back close to Him. Love that, Evan. Well done. Mark chapter number one. Found your place? Say amen. We'll read beginning in verse number 40, and we will read down through verse number 45. Mark 1 Verse number 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. We could stop there and shout for about an hour, couldn't we? 41. Jesus, look at the next clause, moved with compassion. I believe we could shout right there a little bit too. Put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he'd spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he, that's Christ, 
Straightly charged him, the leper that is, and forthway sent him away, verse 44, saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priests, offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Father, thank you already for being with us this morning. Lord, I know you're omniscient, you're omnipresent, you're always here. But Lord, it feels good to have your presence manifest in our midst today. Thank you, Lord, for just being a part of a church family that's not afraid to worship the Lord. Lord, we've come to the part now of the day that's so critically important, surely not because I'm doing it, but because of what you ordained in your word, the preaching, the foolishness of preaching as an instrument to reach the people. Lord, most especially, if there's anybody here today in the sanctuary listening via live stream that's never bowed the knee, accepted Christ as Savior, may this be the moment, may this be the hour, may this be the day that they accept Jesus Christ as Lord. And Lord, I pray that all the rest of us who know you'd walk out of here today celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive and well. Lord, again, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. As I'm scanning the congregation this morning, I, I, I just want to say we've got reasons to be thankful. You know, I, I looked at Sister Moore in the hospital earlier this week here praising the Lord. Folks who've had covid who've had difficult times and here uh, praising the Lord. We serve a good God. Before we get into the message this morning, I want to put a smile on your face about a little conversation that happened between me and Miss Renee about two weeks ago. I need to preface my conversation by giving you a little bit of background information. I, I, I have... Several favorite foods, but one of my absolute, one of my absolute favorite foods on the planet is homemade sweet pickles. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't want you to go to Dole or the grocery store and buy me some of that. I'm not, and I, don't, I love all of you that love them. I don't like dill pickles, but there's something just almost sacred about pickles that had been sitting in sugar water and just soaking it all up. God is so... Anyway, I just love it. Well, uh, like anything else that's sugar-wise, if I start it, I can't stop. I mean, I just, it's like crack for me. And so I just keep, keep piling it on. Well, for about three and a half years, as Renee and I have cut back on sugar and tried to watch ourselves just a little bit more, I've had none of it. Not a, not a single one. Then we moved into the Chatham house, and, and Mrs. Godwin, Dr. Godwin's mother, uh, loved to can, and so she left a whole shelf full of homemade sweet pickles. And I'm like a moth to a light bulb. And so we, uh, we, when we first moved in, we, we cracked open one of the jars, and I'm sitting there hoping, God, let this be deal. God, don't let this be what I think it is. God, don't let this. And I took one. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. And so now for the last two months, 
I have put sweet pickles on everything. I mean, I'm, we're, we're pl- I'm planning our, what we're going to eat that evening around. Will sweet pickles go with this? Amen. I mean, on sandwiches, on salads, on a spoon, <laughs> you know, whatever. And so about a week and a half ago, I'd gotten something to eat, and I brought it to the house, and I got a salad. And you know nothing goes better on salad than sweet pickles. Somebody give me an amen. And so I'm dipping them out, and I'm dipping them out, and I looked at it, and I said, Renee, this jar's empty. Have you been taking some of these? And she looked at me, and she said, Preacher, I had one. You might want to slow down. I looked over at her, and I said, well, you know what this means, don't you, honey? No. I said, honey, are there more? She goes around the kitchen. She said, well, I think we got one or two more jars left. I said, what happened to the rest of them? She looked at me. She said, you ate them. I said, you know what this means, don't you? She said, what? I said, I reckon you're going to have to learn how to make sweet pickles. The whoever said, oh, my, you're exactly right. You know my wife well. I said, you're going to have to learn how to make sweet pickles. And she said, do what? I said, I believe this means you're going to have to learn how to make them. And she said, Greg, you realize that in December, we will have been married 29 years. I haven't made them yet. I'm probably not going to start now. And I said, well, you know what Ephesians says, don't you? She said, no, honey, what? I said, Ephesians says, wife, submit yourself unto your own husbands, and I'm reckoning sweet pickles is in that verse. (laughs) She looked at me and said, now I know I'm not going to make you any sweet pickles. (laughs) I said, well, that's too bad. Because I was thinking I was going to go buy you a new pocketbook if you made me some. And she said, after 29 years, you know... What brand are you talking about? <laughs> so I le- after 29 years of marriage, I learned a very valuable lesson, man. If you want your wives to submit, all you got to do is bribe them, bribe them, bribe them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Mary Hart doeth good like medicine. Ephesians chapter number, excuse me, Mark chapter, no, Ephesians, no, we're not going to. <laughs> Whoop, <laughs> that's next Sunday, amen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mark chapter number one records one of the greatest miracles provided in scripture. Because leprosy is eradicated in our society, not the world, but certainly in our society. I don't think we often understand just how credibly powerful this miracle was. Leprosy, of course, in the day was one of the most dreaded diseases without a known cure. And apart from the divine touch of God, a leper was faced with a slow, painful death. In fact, there's only one other account in the Gospels where a leper was healed. And there is the the, the story, the the parable of Christ healing the ten lepers and Mark found in Luke 17. But the healing of leprosy was so miraculous that it was one of the signs that Jesus proclaimed about his own deity. Matthew, you don't have to turn. Matthew 11, 5 says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and the lepers 
are cleansed. Let me say to you this morning that the physical suffering of leprosy was beyond imagination in our society. But the psychological suffering was even worse. So that you understand, lepers were not allowed to come in contact with others. They were forbidding from having interaction with society. They lived a lonely, isolated life. If they had to go out into public uh, for any reason, they were required by law to place a cloth over their mouths. We could stop right there, certainly. Tear their clothing so that their infirmity was easily recognized. And should they come into contact with someone, they were required by law to shout, unclean, unclean. Letting everyone around them know to stay away from them, lest they too become infected with leprosy. The life of a leper was difficult to say the least, as Jewish society had absolutely no compassion for lepers. While we are not dealing with leprosy in our society today, You need to understand that leprosy in Scripture is always a beautiful imagery or type for sin. And I want you to hear me this morning. Just as deadly as leprosy was, so too is sin today. Just as devastating as leprosy was for a person in Jewish society, so too is sin today in our society. Typically, when I preach on a leper, I give you that account. I talk about the the power of sin over our lives, and we'll allude to that just a little bit this morning. But what I really want to focus on this morning is that Christ came in contact with the worst of the worst, the sickest of the sickest, the most challenging condition there was next to death, and he still had compassion to reach out and touch I'm going to give you a message this morning that I'm entitling, The Touch of the Master. The Touch of the Master. Three things that I'd invite you to look at with me this morning. Number one, note with me, if you would please, the condition of this leper. The condition of this leper. If you go back into verse 40, there's a fascinating word there. It says at the beginning, there came a leper to him. What's the next word, church? Say it with me. One, two, three. Beseeching. You probably know already that the word beseeching means begging. It means pleading. I want you to keep in mind the loneliness of this man, the pain of this man as he woke up day to day knowing that he was forbidden by law to have any interaction in society. That may well explain his eagerness. For that word beseeching means pleading with. It means begging. It means uh, that he was in a desperate situation, uh, but he was determined to get to Jesus. It means uh, that apart from this interaction with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, there was absolutely no hope whatsoever for this leper. I want to remind us all this morning that once again, though we don't come in contact with individuals who are afflicted with physical leprosy. Every day we come in contact with those whose lives are ravaged by sin. I know we don't talk about it much in 21st century society. You don't hear it that much even in churches anymore. But sin still ravages lives. It still destroys homes. It still ruins testimonies. It still rips apart families. It still tells a part of society. Sin is more rampant today than it ever was. 
There are so many who are in this spiritual condition. They're bound up in sin. Their lives are dedicated to one more pill, one more drink, one more click, and how they get a hold of the next thing is all they can think about. May I pause just a moment and say I am so glad that there is still a man named Jesus. I am so glad this morning uh, that in a sin-cursed society, uh, I am so thankful uh, that in a world uh, that seems to have turned its back uh, and walked away from God uh, in a time and place uh, where sin seems to be accepted, just because it's accepted doesn't mean it's acceptable, uh, in a society uh, where folks seem to want to turn their eye away from it, uh, I'm glad I still know the peace speaker. Uh, I'm glad I have met the chain breaker uh, and what he did 2,000 years ago, uh, what he did 200 years ago, uh, what he did 20 years ago, uh, he can still do today. The condition of this leper, his eagerness, note not only his eagerness, but his expression. The Bible says in verse 40, not only was he beseeching him, the next clause says he was kneeling down. He was kneeling down. Let me pause a moment and say this this leper finds himself in the right position to get the help he needs. I am, oh, hear me, I am 1,000% convinced that we are where we are today because people don't like hearing that they are not perfect. I'm 100% convinced today that we are where we are as a society because instead of coming under conviction for sin, we say, how dare you think that about me? That's, that's the church. That's the lost person. I submit to you, we will never get to where God wants us. We will never experience the peace that passeth all understanding until we recognize that we are sinful creatures in need of us. Holy God, as, as Kyla said, I'm glad I got lost so I could be found. We often talk about the fact that getting saved is as easy as ABC. What's the A? Admit you're a sinner. And I just got to be blunt with you. We don't even want to have that conversation today. We don't even want to have that sentence today. And until we can get to the point where we recognize that we ain't everything we think we are, and that we need a God who will take us as we are, we'll never experience the healing that God God gives his expression, his eagerness. Note with me his expectation. I love this statement. Look at the last clause of verse 40. He says, if, this is the leper speaking, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Can, can, can I tell you what this leper is doing? This is deep theology here. You ready? He's exercising faith. The leper, 
in this horrible condition, in this, this devastating moment, uh, he knows his condition. He knows his leprosy is going to bring death. Uh, he knows uh, that absent uh, from a divine touch, uh, his future uh, is non-existence. Uh, hear me now, uh, but he also knows he's in the presence uh, or the presence of one who can. Uh, he realizes uh, that he can't heal himself. Uh, oh, but he knows a man who can. Uh, he realizes uh, that ain't no doctor can fix the leprosy, uh, but he's met a man who can. Uh, he understands that his future is bleak, but he's met a man who can. He knows that Jesus has the power to meet his need. If only Jesus would reach out his hand. Look at me. That's faith. We in Independent Fundamental Baptist Churches, and don't misunderstand me, I'm as Baptist as I can be, but we in Independent Fundamental Baptist Churches, we try to add all kinds of stuff to this. Faith is not turning over a new leaf. Faith is not hoping everything's going to be all right. Faith is the evidence of things the, the, the evidence of things not seen. I submit to you this morning, if I sit right down in this chair, I've got the faith that it's going to hold me up, and I submit to you that I don't care where you are, what you're facing what your circumstance is. I can't fix it. I can't help it. But I sure know a man who can. And this leper realized that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The condition of the leper. Number two, note with me the compassion of the Lord. The compassion of the Lord. Look at verse 41. Notice what it says. And Jesus moved with compassion. I I am convinced that Jesus didn't see a leper. He saw somebody in need. Let me say that again, church. I, I, I don't believe that he saw a leper. I believe he saw somebody who needed a touch. Jesus offered just that. He offered a compassionate touch. In fact, the first clause in verse 41 says that Jesus was moved with compassion. I'm convinced that Jesus saw this man in a way that nobody else did. What do you mean, preacher? You you, got to understand, if, if that leper is sitting right there in that chair, you know, the one occupied by Ken. If the leper is sitting right there in the chair, here's what everybody else does. Don't want none of that. Back away. Get out of here. Here's what Jesus does. Preacher, what do you mean? I am, I am so thankful this morning that when the church don't want you, when the family doesn't want you, when society doesn't want you, when seemingly nobody around cares, uh, you've got somebody who has said, uh, I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what the problem is. I will come to where you are. It's a compassionate touch. But not only was it a compassionate touch, I want you to note the next clause makes very clear it was a 
concerned touch. Notice the, 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 the middle clause there in verse 41. Let's read the whole thing. Jesus moved with compassion. And again, we're going to read this and just skip over and think it's no big deal. But look what it says. Put forth his hand and touched him. And touched him. You, you understand that it's something altogether. I mean, just, just, it's one thing to come and do this. But it's something altogether different to do this. Can I pause a minute and tell you that Jesus could have healed him without touching him? In fact, I'm going to show you in just a moment. Don't throw your Bibles at me yet until I show you. It wasn't the Lord's touch that healed him. It was the Lord's word that healed him. Would you amen me? Christ didn't have to touch him to heal him. There are plenty of fact all throughout Scripture, uh, evidence where Christ uh, healed without touching. Why does he do it then? Why does Jesus do what is with all the questions beyond any shadow of a doubt? Why does Jesus do the unthinkable and touch a leper? I'll remind you that lepers were, leprosy was incredibly contagious. No one likely had, had had contact with this gentleman for, for, for months, if not longer. That might not seem like a big deal to you, but I want you to think about that for just a second. Think about all the human interactions we have today, even in the midst of COVID. I mean, we got a little glimpse of it the last 18, 19 months, but nothing like what this leprosy faced. I mean, even in here, where I, where I encourage you, turn around and wave somebody. I see y'all hugging all over each other. I mean, even in here, where we turn around and just try to have a, some kind of interaction, we, have, we are humans. We crave that physical touch. Imagine this gentleman's gone months and nobody shook his hand. I don't know if he's married. But if he is, I can promise you this, there's been no physical touch from his spouse. Imagine if he has children, there's no touch of the children. There's no human interaction. Imagine for just a moment the horrible state this man is in to live in isolation and for everyone to be afraid to even touch him. Look at me. But then there's Jesus. But then there's Jesus. And Jesus, I love him, not caring one flying iota flip what anybody else would think. Not caring two cents about what anyone else would think. He does the unimaginable. Not only does he go over to where the man is, but he reaches out and I think something like puts his hand on his shoulder and touches him. You know what the touch said? It's all right. I'm here. The touch said, I know you've been by yourself. I know you felt isolated. I know you felt unloved. I know you felt abandoned. I know you felt that nobody wanted you. But it's all right now because Jesus is here. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say amen. But how many of you remember the day when you first felt the, felt the touch of a holy God? 
When you realized just how sinful you were, when you realized just how bad your past was, when you realized all the mistakes that you'd made, and you realized that though society may not be interested in you, though the family might be angry with you, there was still somebody who was willing to reach out a hand from heaven, come exactly to where you were, and reach out and touch your sorry soul. I'm thankful for the day he touched me. Now I am no longer the same. Not only was it a compassionate touch and a concerned touch, it was a complete touch. Look at verse 41. The last clause. He saith unto him, I will. That's Christ speaking. He says, I will be thou clean. And notice the next verse. As soon as he had what? Spoken. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. You see, folks, don't misunderstand me. You know I'd never stand up here and tell you anything other than the gospel. There is power in the touch of God. Thank God. We know that. But go back to Genesis, don't turn. But you look in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, this universe was created because God spoke it. And I know preachers and songs, we preachers love to say how God flung the stars into existence, and I know that makes for good preaching, it just ain't Bible. The Bible says God spoke. God spoke. What do you mean, preacher? Well, when Lazarus is at the tomb, having been dead for four days. May I say to you this morning, when Jesus showed up, all he had to do was speak. And here comes a dead man. Yes, there is power in the touch of God, but I want to submit to you this morning, if you hear nothing else, hear me on this. There has been, there always will be, there is today power in the Word of God. So while he's got his hand on him, I don't think he shouted. I don't think he raised his voice. I don't even think Jesus turned to the doubters over there. I think it was a one-on-one conversation where he said, I will be thou clean and walked away. Preacher, what's the big deal? Oh, it's a big deal, all right. Because my Bible tells me in the next verse, as soon as he had spoken, verse 42 immediately the leper the leprosy departed from him he was clean you know what i love don't don't anybody in the medical field get upset with me but i love the fact that jesus didn't write him a prescription say go run down to the cvs wait in line for seven hours give them everything you got your firstborn child and then if they've got it in stock they might give you the medicine three weeks from tomorrow not that i have experience with any of that it was instant there wasn't lots of flash and fanfare there was a one-on-one conversation where Jesus said, I'm paraphrasing, done. Done. And instantly, the leprosy was gone. 
that might not seem like a big deal to us, but it is absolutely miraculous. And some of you, like myself, you have felt a divine touch of God. You know what it's like to experience a divine healing physically. But may I say to you, even if you've never been healed physically, even if you've never felt that physical transformation, if you've been saved, you know what it's like to feel the touch of the master. And you know what it's like to hear him say, I will be thou clean. And immediately the tongues of the enemy that were gripping in your soul have to be removed because as strong as Satan is, God is stronger. As powerful as sin is, God is stronger. For where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. Immediately, he's healed. It's a complete touch. I'm quickly done. Number three this morning. Not only do you see the condition of the leper, the compassion of the Lord. Number three, and finally, the command of the Lord. This is Fascinating to me, and I'm going to hit it quickly because I want you to get it. Verse 43, the Lord gives him a very interesting charge. He says in verse 43, Straightly he charged him, and forthwith sent him away. He saith unto him, See thou sayest nothing to any man. Now you get what that means, don't you? You know what he's telling him? Don't say anything. It's between me and you. Why? You'll see. He says, go thy way, show the priest, show thyself to the priest, offer to thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Stay with me. Please put your bookmarker there. Turn with me very very quickly to the book of Leviticus chapter 14. Promise I'm almost done. You've been so patient. Look at Leviticus 14 quickly. Leviticus 14 is the law of leprosy. You go back and read it this afternoon, you'll find that the Bible gives very explicit commandments about how the condition of leprosy was to be handled, about what the priests were to do, the family was to do, all of this stuff, how it was to be handled. And when we get down now to verse 48, there is very clear commandments on what to do when leprosy has miraculously been cured. Look at verse 48. If the priest shall come in and look upon it, means the house. And behold, the plague hath not spread of the house after the house was plastered. And the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the plague is healed. Previous verses talk about how to handle the situation if the plague is spreading. Verse 48 says, this is what you do, priest. This is what you do, leper family. Uh, If God has touched, if there's been a miracle, he shall take, this is the leper, he shall take to cleanse the house two birds and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. He shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. He shall take the cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the running water and with the living bird and with the cedar wood and with the hyssop and with the scarlet. Look at verse 53. But he shall let go the living bird out of the city into the open fields and make an atonement for the house and it shall be clean. I got to set the stage for you quickly. I know I'm going long this morning, but if the leprosy has been healed, if the house has now been cleansed of leprosy, the Bible says that there will be two birds. You can go look at them. I'm going to summarize it quickly. You kill one of the birds. You, I don't want to be gross, but you slit the throat. You drain it. You catch the, you take hyssop branch. You sprinkle it over the house seven times. And the priest acknowledging the fact that God's done the miraculous, this house is clean. But then you take the blood 
and you sprinkle it on the living bird and you go outside the camp and you let the bird go free and everybody in the family stands back and says, the blood has met. The blood has made us clean. The blood that's been sprinkled and has been flown away. In other words, by the remission, by the removing of sins, we have been made clean. That's what the man was supposed to do. Supposed to go to the priest. Hear me, I'm done. Close your Bibles. You read the next verse. He didn't do that. He's excited. He's elated. And everywhere he goes, he says, hey, look what's happened to me. I was hick and now I'm clean. I had leprosy, now I'm touched. And there's not a one of us in here that doesn't understand it. But there's a consequence to that. Jesus, who had wanted to go into the city, now we couldn't do it. He's relegated to preaching out on the outskirts because, listen now, everybody's thronging him, not because he's the Messiah, but because he's a miracle worker. Here's what I want you to get, folks. Though we can all sit here and understand why the leper was so excited, listen to me, one act of disobedience changed everything. Listen to me this morning. There are some of you in here I have no doubt that you're struggling with something. You can come to my office. We'll sit down and talk about it. I'll pray with you. I'll give you everything I know to help you. But in reality, all I'm giving you is advice. Can I introduce you to the one who's got the cure? I can't, but I sure enough know a man who can. And there are some of you here this morning. You are someone you love are just like this leper, bound in sin. Things are gripping you that you just can't break free. He's still speaking peace. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Come on, Brother Ken. Get us a song to sing. We're going to have a very quick invitation. I'm not going to linger. You've been so patient. I want to ask you two quick questions with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would be honest and say, Pastor Greg, I'm facing a situation, I'm facing something that only the Lord can fix. Pray for me, pray for my family, pray for us. Oh my. Now I'm seeing probably 50, 60 hands go up. You can put them down. I appreciate your honesty. If you're comfortable and you'd like to slip up to this altar, would you just come this morning and Let's pray with you. Let's pray together. Come this morning. Can I ask you another question? Is there anybody here that would be honest and say, Pastor, I've never met the man. I don't know who he is. Pray for me. Anyone like that this morning? Preacher, pray for me. I'm going to ask you one more question. How many of you got somebody you love dearly that you know if God came today, Heaven would not be their home. Pray for us this morning. Pray for I see all over the building. 
Brother Ken, thank you. You can put them down. I'll say again, if, you wanna, if you're comfortable and want to step up to this old altar, uh, this tear-stained altar full of grace, you come this morning while Brother Ken sings with us. say this morning you're glad to have been touched by the master's hand pray for us brother ken heavenly father god we are thankful lord for your touch today father thank you lord for your word and father how you cleanse this leper and lord how it's a perfect sign of how you can cleanse us from our sin father we thank you for your son jesus the blood that was shed on calvary's cross to cleanse us from all sin father i pray lord everybody under the sound of our voices this morning knows you as personal lord and savior father but if not Father, we'll take the time this afternoon to walk you through the Word of God, show you how you know that you can be saved. Father, thank you for loving us. Father, we'll never get over the fact, Lord, that you love us as old, dirty, rotten sinners. God, thank you so much for what you've done for us. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Don't forget about the meeting right over here, just right after church, if you're going to help us for next Sunday. Right over here. <laughs>